When it initially happened, I was kind of in a woe is me. Nothing like this happens to anybody else. I deserve to sit here in my puddle of tears and cry. Olympic Channel Podcast. That was figure skater Mariah Nagasu. I'm Ed Knowles, and this is the official Olympic Channel Podcast. We find the best Olympic stories for you every single week. If you want interviews with your favourite Olympians and want to learn more about the freshest faces, you're in the right place. Olympic Channel Podcast. Mariah Nagasu became the first US woman to land a triple axel at the Olympic Games at Pyeongchang 2018. Now that happened almost exactly a year ago. Nagasu burst onto the scene as a 13-year-old all the way back in the US Nationals in 2008. She went to Vancouver in 2010 and became an Olympian, but then she was passed over for Sochi 2014. At that point, Nagasu admits she was done with figure skating. Instead of walking away, she made a new aim for Pyeongchang 2018, and the result? She came away with an Olympic bronze medal for a performance in the team. Olympic gold medalist Meryl Davis sat down with her teammate and friend to talk disappointments, triple axles and makeup. But first, they began by talking about the new 13-year-old sensation, US national champion Elisa Liu. Olympic Channel Podcast. Of course, we have the new national champion, Alyssa Liu, just 13 years old. You have a lot in common with her. You know, coming to the U.S. championships at such a young age, you won your first championships in 2008. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, so young, just starting out your senior career and triple axles. Last year, you were the first American lady to land a triple axel at the Olympic Games. Um, you know, you're making history, and now we have Alyssa Liu landing two triple axles at the US Three champion. Total. Three total, that's right. So, talking about influencing the younger generation, do you have any words of wisdom for someone like Alyssa Liu? I, I guess that's the thing is that when you're that young, you don't have a lot to compare it to. You don't have that experience, and, and a lot of people will tell give her the advice that they think is going to help her and a lot of it will be useful but it's up to her to decide what she she digests and mm -hmm. what she takes in and some of it has to be just noise and I think I think uh, I got super caught up in trying to please everybody and and sometimes it, I didn't represent who I wanted to be and I thought that was really difficult because I wanted to be that athlete, but and I thought I was taking the right steps, but um, you know, it's hard to know. Everybody is different. Everyone has a different story, background, and there's no actual formula for becoming a success story. Or mm -hmm. um, you know, it's hard to say like becoming an Olympic champion because so many people are success stories without that title. I mean, you made it, but like. I'm just happy with my Olympic bronze. And so because everyone is different, it's hard to tell someone what to do. And so I, I, I'm looking forward to her development. And, and also, um, I want to cheer her on. Mm -hmm. Before the Olympic Games, I was the only female practicing the triple axel. Um, I mean, I didn't learn it in a day, so for a long time, for four years, after I moved to Colorado, I was the only female even attempting the jump and trying to learn it. Um, as the day I got back from the Olympic Games and went into the rink, 
all the girls there were starting to practice their quads and triple axles and that was amazing for me to see it was it was like they saw me go for it at the olympic games and be successful and then they were like i can do it if she can do it i can do it too and mm. that bra barrier was broken down and so uh for the girls who are willing to put in that effort and to try i say why not mm -hmm. like learn the jumps i think that's so cool that the day you get back from the olympic games all of a sudden everything changes and you see that while once you were the only girl working on triple axel anywhere near you all of a sudden all the younger girls you know at your rink were trying triple axels and quads and to know that you've had that impact and you've sort of planted that seed in people's mind no you it is possible mm -hmm. i mean you must take a lot of pride in that i think so i think so i think that in um the u.s we need that little push and in Russia they're going for quads and those don't happen without people who are willing to take that extra leap and so I think that it was really important for us as a country for me to take that risk and then to show these other developmental skaters that they should they should try for it reach mm -hmm. higher than your even your own goals Absolutely. Well, and I think it's interesting to, like it, to look at individual experiences and then also take a look at the span of a career, mm -hmm. you know. And so taking a step back and looking at 2008, you and your first U.S. championships, headed into your first Olympic Games in 2010, making the team, representing the United States in Vancouver. Wow, Incredible I did experience. your research. Thank you. I was on the team with you. <laughs> I know, but... I didn't have to do research. I was there. <laughs> And then moving four years later to missing the Olympic team in Sochi, mm -hmm. of course, a difficult situation. And I remember as a friend being so disappointed for you and you. it was a difficult situation for you. Mm -hmm. Can you take us back to that point of from 2010 being on the team, 2014 missing the team? What was that experience like for you? Uh, in simple terms, it was rough. It wasn't fun. and. Uh, in California, I'm sure you know now that you're a California resident that mm. you drive a lot and driving is when for me I let my emotions out a lot and and um, I know cars aren't soundproof but I <laughs> I would be driving to the rink and all of a sudden I'd listen to a song and like just my emotions would hit me and I'd be like bawling as I was driving and it was kind of um, therapeutic for me to get my emotions out but at the same time it wasn't like one good cry and then I got over it, it was like many drives and and it took years for me to um, become a better skater but I did want to I wanted to quit skating uh, I was I was super over it but I used to think a lot about um, when I was five years old or just a little kid and and I'd write in my yearbooks because you get like an elementary school yearbook. Mm -hmm. I, it said like I, I, I was going, being nostalgic and going through that, that stuff and watching my old videos and I had written, I want to become an Olympic medalist. And then I had been so close, but I just wasn't, it just wasn't my time. And so I think that when I read that, I was like, I should try one more time for that younger me and change isn't something that happens immediately and I and I also don't embrace change quickly mm -hmm. so I think I really had to recreate myself and um, 
reinvent my image and myself as a person and how I took life on. And I think it's really, um, you know, refreshing to see other skaters like Jason Brown really embrace change. And I think that we all have to do that at some point in our careers, but it's not always easy. And, and that change didn't happen immediately. I was struggling for a couple years before I found the package and the look that I was going for that helped me get back onto the Olympic team. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting to hear you say that about going back and looking at some of the things you wrote when you were younger because we've talked about this a number of times. I've never heard that and it's such a powerful image to think of you looking back to something you wrote when you were a kid and letting that motivate you to return stronger than ever. Mm -hmm. I think also um, this is another experience that I had after after Sochi, a lot of my friends reached out to me, people from high school that I hadn't um, talked to in years. And it's very easy to access me through my parents' restaurant since I went to Arcadia High School and my parents' restaurant is in Arcadia. And there happened to be one student that I had a class with, I guess. And I guess I had written in one of his just casual reading books, I'm going to the Olympics. And he was like, I found this and I think you wrote this. So I wanted you to have this like you're going through a hard time but like this is you and so oh. yeah I like that's, I think about that and I was like oh like I want to try again that's really powerful and it's so interesting to have those people in your life who are there for you in those moments mm -hmm. and of course you have your friends and of course you have your family but sometimes it's people you didn't know cared so much about mm -hmm. you who are there for you and sometimes those words of those people you didn't know cared Yes. mean more than you would expect. Yes. And, you know, it's our skating careers and our life experiences, but Ashley Kane was saying earlier today after she won her national title, she said, I am grateful to the people who helped support us reach this goal because I couldn't have done it by myself. And it's completely true. Yes, we're the ones as athletes putting in the work, but it's just those little things that happen and occur that can really change someone's career and mm -hmm. I think that people reaching out to me after and while I was having a hard time really helped me get through that struggle and you know um, my Olympic Games in Pyeongchang wasn't perfect but no human is and so I take that experience and um, I'll, I'll cherish it forever just as an experience though it doesn't make me completely who I am. And in terms of experiencing the success in 2010, of course, 2008, your first national title, the heartbreak in 2014, going through a really difficult mm -hmm. time, and then taking that and growing into who you were in 2018, the amazing things you're able to accomplish. How did going through those really difficult times help facilitate what you were able to accomplish in 2018? Mm -hmm. um, I used to think that when it initially happened, I was kind of in a woe is me. None of Nothing like this happens to anybody else. I deserve to sit here in my puddle of tears and cry. Um, but then I started to look at other athletes' careers. And I think, I think that's why the media is so important because history happens to repeat itself. And it, I found that the way that a person responded it was what I admired about them mm -hmm. and and I wasn't the first person to get jumped over in the the to the Olympic Games um, 
Paul Wiley was named to the team instead of Mark Mitchell, I believe. And, and um, I think Ross Minor also um, was jumped over. And it's the way that people respond to a situation that makes them stronger and better people. And the way Ross handled um, last year's Nationals is something that I really admire as a person. And, and it took me a little bit longer to recover, but I wanted to be remembered as a comeback story and I wanted to prove to myself that I, I could still make the Olympic team. And so I think, I think um, it's nice to, to have your voice heard and to share your story. Well, it's interesting to hear you say that about wanting to come back and wanting to be remembered in that way because as someone who's known you for a long time, I remember when you first burst onto the scene when you were so young, you were fragile because you were a little girl, really. Mm -hmm. And I remember you had so much talent and you were so successful. And yet I remember seeing you cry because- Yeah, tell that story about how I was on <laughs> tour. <laughs> well, it was, it's hard as a mm -hmm. little girl. You know, we were on tour together for the first time in 2010 and it was both of our first tour. And you cried almost every <laughs> night. And it's, you know, it's funny now, but at the time it was heartbreaking because yeah. you're, a little girl, you know, on the road by yourself. It's it's hard, a lot of pressure. A working girl. You were and a working girl. My mom wasn't around and it was really lonely. Like no one else on tour was my age. And right. so it was hard to just be the only young kid on the tour. And and um, I remember there were two party, bu uh, not party buses, <laughs> tour buses <laughs> that we would travel um, on to get to the next city and one bus was the lame bus because of me like everyone you know I was on that bus with you <laughs> <laughs> one bus stayed up all night and had mm. fun and and had adult conversations that I wasn't able to be a part of but then and so I felt really left out there were jokes that I didn't understand and and a lot going on and I was just like this is it this is I'm just here. But but <laughs> the reason lonely, yeah. But the reason I bring it up is, you know, to be able to see that transformation from you. How did you move forward for there? How did you formulate a plan and really take those ne next steps? I think for a long time I was asking the people around me, what am I doing wrong? Why can't I why can't I make it? Why am I why do I get to competition and just mentally crumble? Like I thought I was mentally strong and I don't know what's going on and and they would say their little piece and I'd be like, I don't think I really learned anything from that. I just want, I'm looking for an answer. And I think in find, in realizing that there is no perfect answer, um, I was able to accept that I was going to need to uh, trust trust the plan. And But I was like, what what is the plan? I don't know it, you know? And so I think um, I needed to get away from California after Sochi. Um, during Sochi too and and so I decided to visit my friend Agnes Zawatsky in Colorado mm -hmm. she was like Mariah if you need to get away we've got mountains mountains are really um, peaceful and I was like okay <laughs> I'll come visit you and I went to visit Agnes but I we were she was technically this is a year that she decided she wasn't going to compete anymore but she was still training and so I went with her to the rink and and decided on whim that um, 
you know, I wanted to take lessons because I wanted to see what Colorado had to offer. So I asked Tom Zakrajek for a lesson and he took that as a tryout for <laughs> like a coaching change when really I was like, no, I just want to see what your technique is like. I thought I was just getting a lesson, but he invited me to Panera and was like, so this is my plan for you, for you to make it back to the Olympics. And I was just like, and he had it all written down where I was like, what? Oh, wow. uh, this isn't what I was signing up for. But when I looked at that, um, it looked to me like a syllabus. And for so long, I'd been going to school and being able to look at an overview of what I was going to have to do to get to the Olympic Games, that that was, it was overwhelming, yes. But I looked at it and I was like, I, I can do this. Like, there's a plan and we're going to stick to it and we're going to get it done. And, and so I, he came in every day with an agenda. And I don't remember this, but he says that the first lesson that we had together, I was like, Tom, I want to learn a triple axel, teach it to me. Hmm. And he didn't have girls, women who were like asking him to try jumps that most girls weren't willing to try. And so I think he, he was like, oh, this girl is serious. She wants to go all the way. And so I think trusting the plan that your coach has devised for you, but doing it together and also evolving the plan is, was really important for me. And if you asked me to go to the Olympics now, I'd be like, I don't know how to do it. You need Trust a plan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so you didn't know right away after nationals in 2014 that you wanted to go for another Olympic Games? No, I was just, I was just going to the rink and skating because I love skating. Not because I wanted to train anymore, because for me, I didn't know what the plan was and what the formula was, so I didn't know what I needed to do. And so when, when I found a coach who was willing to figure that out with me, um, I, think, I think that was my lock-in. Mm. To be able to see this incredibly successful, incredibly talented young girl then take a lot of the successes, but also the setbacks, and turn it into this strength you know, that the world saw from you in 2018. I mean, to become the first American woman ever to land a triple axel at the Olympic Games, I mean. Thank you. That's a huge accomplishment, and it's not something that you can accomplish without a certain level of confidence and strength that you learn over the course of time. Yes, and I so, mean, you must, you obviously know that, and. I've, I've watched your career blossom as well and from Vancouver. Do you ever think about how it would have been really fun for us to have the team event? We would have had such a strong, strong team event team. And mm -hmm. um, I was really jealous of the team event when it, it first made its um, debut in 2014. And I, I think I thought about that a lot, like, oh, I already went to the Olympics, but that would have been really cool for 2010 to have a team event especially because skating is so lonely sometimes mm -hmm. wouldn't you agree I do agree and it's interesting you say that because that was definitely a really special f moment for you in Pyeongchang as well winning the mm -hmm. bronze medal with Team USA mm -hmm. winning that Olympic medal that as a little girl you mentioned you had sort of set that goal way back when yeah so I think that um when you're on the Olympic team with someone, you, uh, you share a special bond. And I remember in the team event, um, the team boxes were so close to the arena wall. And, and so I remember going into my last jump, my triple loop, 
Alex I hear Alexa say you did it, girl. And I was kind of panicking at that point because, you know, long programs are not easy and mm -hmm. it's a test of your stamina. And, and so going into it, I was like, oh, my legs are kind of sluggish. But Alexa says, you did it, girl. And that made me giggle a little bit because I was like, I'm actually going into one last jump. Oh, and, yeah. and later, late, and, and I think that that change of pace and that little giggle may help me land that triple loop you know mm -hmm. i stopped worrying about it because i was like oh this girl thinks i'm done but i still got one more to a go major jump. yeah and and she was able to help me through that little moment that i had I, and where i was thinking like i've done everything else and i just have this one jump i hope i don't mess up and and she told me later she was like Oh, our d director of um, athletic performance turned right around and was like, no, she's not done yet. <gasps> Quiet down. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but, like, you share that bond with your teammates mm -hmm. forever. Well, and, you know, it's interesting you say that because this week I've been thinking a lot about the importance of our community, the figure skating community, the athletic community. Because as the years go on, you know, medals are awesome and accolades are great. But in a, in a certain respect, they kind of get left in the past. Mm. But it's the people you meet and who have been a part of these life-altering experiences that stick with you and those relationships. Mm -hmm. So can you talk to me a little bit about the most impactful relationships that you've built through your experiences with skating? Wow. Um... Yeah, I think that skaters are kind of of a rare breed and they're we're really difficult to understand. I feel like I feel like ladies especially with having to compete against each other and and always trying to get better than your competitors and when you're in that group, it's sometimes hard to um take comments that they make um well but at the same time there's no one else going through this type of emotion and the type of training where you're training every day not just to be athletic to land your jumps to deliver but to practice your makeup because we are at the end of the day an aesthetic sport and a lot of thought goes into the the um, programs your music your costumes and for me, even I, I was worried about how many crystals were on my dress. I was like, no big crystals because I don't want to be weighed down. It's funny how I think about that now, and I'm like, oh, I was really dramatic. But, you know, um, you share that bond with a lot of your friends, and I think that's why our community, because it's so unique, um, people keep coming back because you want to share your experiences and, and give back to your skating community because this community is taught us to be the way we are and I remember I came out on the scene and um I I used to do my my hair bun I <laughs> my bun with hair ties like I didn't even know how to use bobby pins and over the years I started to learn how to do those things and I watch YouTube tutorials for that but you know you just don't know until you try it mm -hmm. and those relationships evolve over time too because mm -hmm. you know I, in so many of our mutual experiences together, I've seen you develop really special bonds and have really important, pivotal moments with people who you may not necessarily have been friends with a year prior or two years prior. And so talk about the evolution of those relationships, the important people in your, li mm -hmm. in your life who, you know, you may not have expected them to play such an important role. 
You know, I think that um, I I guess I'll just come out and name names. But when when Gracie Gold first came out onto the scene, we were all like, "Whoa, who's this? Who's this girl who's just paving the way for herself and thinks she can just drop in and and <laughs> take it all?" And what she did was amazing. She was just so mentally strong and just came in, swept us all off our feet and made everyone fall in love with her. And there's a reason she was the golden girl. She just came in and made everyone fall in love with her. And for some of the veterans, we were like, what, what about us? We're just being left behind in the dust. And at first it was hard to accept her. You know, she was this dry, sarcastic girl with a sense of humor that we didn't always relate to but over the years i've definitely fallen in love with the gracie i know i have an understanding for her sense of humor now but mm -hmm. it's something that you know i've had to develop like and i'm sarcastic too but as competitors sometimes it was hard to take her witty comments until i was able to understand who she is as a person mm -hmm. And it's interesting because no one understands you and your highs and your lows quite like the people who've been there in your Absolutely. shoes. Absolutely. And so sharing, you know, this sort of unspoken bond with people who really get it, I think is it's just such an important relationship that we'll have for the rest of our lives. Yeah, and yeah. I think, um, you know, sometimes it's hard to feel like skating is all you have, but as you get older, that's something you figure out but as a young young skater I was like this if this is all I'm good at then like I better like be, be really good <laughs> <laughs> and that's sometimes hard like I've I've watched Michael Phelps do interviews where he was like after the Olympics he's like swimming was all I knew and mm -hmm. who I was as a person and that was depressing and it was scary and I've thought about that too but I found an outlet for those fears I continue my education so I can figure out what else I'm good at because you know I'm not going to be able to skate for the rest of my life of course I'll probably that adult skater who's there when I'm 80 years old and then be like oh I'm here for my help because I love skating so much but at the same time I also want to know what else I love well I think that's important to talk about that phase of being slightly lost, not really knowing what's next. You know, so many of us have found our passion, mm -hmm. or found our passion when we're... Our dogs. Well, our dogs. <laughs> but in skating, we find our passions when we're five and six years old. Mm -hmm. You have a purpose, you have something to work towards. And like Michael Phelps has talked about a lot, you know, he's, I know he's talked about suffering from depression um, in stepping away from sport. Mm -hmm. What, did you have a phase like that? A phase where you felt really um, sort of lost and not know what direction to move in? Yeah, I feel it now, actually. Um, I had surgery, and it's been difficult to have gone into the clinic and been able to walk about with a little bit of pain and woken up two hours later, and now my leg is swollen and there's stitches, and to know that my labrum is fixed, but it's going to take a long time to heal, and before I had my surgery, I, I've never even, I never even used crutches before, but to have to walk with crutches for five weeks. And then I also had to sleep with a machine called the CPM machine that literally slowly moves your leg. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it, your scar tissue doesn't build up. And it's amazing what resources are available for your recovery. But at the same time, in my mind, I was ready to go skating. But physically, I was just like, 
learning how to walk and now I can walk and run but um, my hip isn't quite ready for skating and that's difficult because in my mind I'm like I want to go do triples and I want to do my spins and I want to jump because mm -hmm. as a single skater that's my livelihood I love jumping and obviously I must because I wanted to learn the triple axel and so not being able to do those elements is hard but at the same time um, it's given me a chance to enjoy different aspects out uh, outlooks of life mm -hmm. and taking you know the injury into account and your successes and some of your setbacks moving forward have you decided whether or not you will return to competition is that something you're leaving open yeah um you know Ooh, that's a, I feel like I'm floating kind of in like jelly because people keep asking that, but I'm stuck in this jello where I'm like slowly, slowly recovering. But it's hard to make a decision like that when I can't even do the elements. So even if I wanted to compete again, um, my body is like, hold up, girl, it's time for rest still. And, and recovery is really difficult, especially for athletes, I think, because you know, I was really excited about the surgery, but it's been months now and I still can't do all my triples and and that's really difficult. Like my mentally I'm mentally I'm doing them, but mm -hmm. I'm physically just not prepared and and I think um it's also another thing to look at is that athletes like to rush back in mm -hmm. and that causes even more injury and so I've been really cautious of that so I'm really grateful to be here watching great skating because I can't do my own great skating but at the same time um, I'm enjoying taking life a little more easily. Well we know you're resilient we've seen you be resilient many times before now that you're here you know, we look back on 2010, we look back on the disappointment in 2014, your incredible successes in 2018. If you could talk to yourself in 2014 after, you know, just missing the team, what would you say? Wow, I don't know, I don't know. Um, I'd say, you know, I'm a 90s baby, so I grew up during that simple plan, Panic at the Disco. Green Day era and so I think that music really spoke to me mm. and um, um, I think I would say just keep listening to your music stop overthinking everything and um, let things happen the way they do and I think oh, like at the end of the day I would like pet myself and be like it's gonna be okay yeah I love that what do you have inscribed on this bracelet right here Ooh, it's from that party that we I know were that's why I noticed it um, I have I also have a I'm a real little girl, and so I have a little skate charm. I think usually I'm anti-skate things because I'm skating all the time, but at, I think because I haven't been able to skate, it's a little skate charm. And then this says... We could choose our own word to have yes. written on this bracelet, so I'm just curious what word you chose. It says fighter. Can you explain why you chose that? I think that, I think that for so long as athletes, we... First we fight to to be recognized, then we fight to for a spot on the Olympic team. We fight for our medal and then afterwards you don't really think past that moment. You you did it, but then there's still so much more to write in our stories mm -hmm. and you don't really think past that Olympic medal though. So for a long time I was like, What am I doing? you know, and yeah. what what's my purpose in life? And so I think 
I think that I think about how I had to fight for all of those things and that I like to think of myself as a, a warrior. And, and um, for a long time, makeup was my, my, my face paint, I guess. Football players draw those two lines. I would put on my makeup and I'd be like, I'm getting ready for this battle. And yeah. so I think um, going past the Olympics, I'm, I'm always, I want to always be a fighter. I love that. Well, I, I mean, I know it sounds patronizing, but I'm so proud of you for that. Thank you. Because I've seen so would much it be, of your... Would it be terrible of me to say I'm proud of you for your Olympic medal? Because no. Your gold medal, because you went from silver, um, and your Bollywood number was just to die for. Remember, Adam <laughs> and I made you teach it you to learned us? It. Yeah, yeah, a little did. bit. Yeah. And... That number was when I was like, I, I want to try ice dancing because until then I was like, oh no, ice dancing has no jumps. Yeah, true. Ice dancing yeah. has no jumps. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank so you. That means a that lot. That was an interesting, but the way you just did your program inspired me and I was like, I want to learn how to skate like that. And so I think a lot of little girls will continue to look up to you because you definitely helped pave the way for ice dancing. Thank you. Well, a lot of little girls definitely look up to you. You've paved thank the way you. for a lot of things. So. Thank you so much for talking with me. It's always a pleasure. And again, I'm so proud of you and I'm so glad we can sort of be on so much of this journey together. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Olympic, Olympic Channel, Channel Podcast. Podcast. Well, what a way for me to come back. I've been off for a month as I've become a dad, but really a big thanks to Meryl and Mariah. If that has whet your appetite for all that went down in Pyeongchang, then good. We are celebrating a year since the absolutely amazing Olympic Games that went down in South Korea. Go to olympicchannel.com or have a look at our social channels. We're at Olympic Channel across all of them for a look at everything that we have got planned and everything that's going down. Shout out for last week's podcast where we had Thomas Fogdo talk about his life-changing accident. He was one of the best alpine skiers in the world. He had won the Slalom World Cup title and finished fifth in both Albertville 1992 and Lillehammer 1994. But in 1995, the Swede broke his back in a training accident in Arde. He was paralysed at the age of 24. His attitude, though, is totally inspirational and should not be missed. But don't take my word for it. We've had some amazing feedback and we have a new fan at the Olympic Channel podcast in Olympic champion Andre Mura, who said that Thomas was one of my biggest idols as a ski racer. I've been working with Thomas a lot in my career and he's a big reason why I've been able to perform at my highest. It genuinely got me fired up to come and do the podcast again here at the Olympic Channel. You most certainly do not have to be an Olympic champion to get in contact please let us know what you thought of this or indeed any episode of the Olympic Channel podcast. I'm at Eddie Knowles on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to get in contact with me, I would love to hear from you. I would actually love it even more, though, if you gave us a subscribe and a five-star review on iTunes. It's super important to us. I know everyone says it, but it really is. If you do like us, then a five-star review is absolutely swell. And subscribe. I promise I won't let you down. We've got some really, really good episodes lined up over the next few weeks. That's it for now, though. See you soon. Think like an Olympian.